Hi, I'm Jared Johnson. And I'm Andrew Mavis. And today we're going to be talking about the Franklin Expedition of 1845. So the Franklin Expedition started as a way for the British government to find a quicker route to Asia instead of going around Africa, which would have taken them, I believe, seven years. Seven years. Um, Now, prior to the Franklin Expedition of 1945, there had been many attempts, however, none were successful in order to find a way from Great Britain and set sail straight through Canada to the east. And many, many other people have died on this exact same journey. Um, they, they, were, they were getting stuck in the ice in the Arctic Passage because during like the summer, you can like travel hundreds of miles, but then during the winter, the, the, the ice like freezes over and you can't sail through that. So they would just get trapped for like months at a time. Um, but, but yeah, exactly. Now, now the Franklin expedition started, I think it was going to start a couple years, maybe prior. And there were quite a few number of people that were, uh, chosen to take the job. Um, one of which was an Irishman and the British government did not want, of course, at this time, an Irishman to discover anything of importance. So he was immediately canned. There were others that, uh, had, had all the qualifications to do so, but just chose not to because of their prior experience in the Arctic. So eventually they were left with their fifth choice, Captain John Franklin, who which the name of the exp- who which the name of the exp- ex- expedition is given. Um, so he was he he was willing to do it. He was British and he had a number of expeditions that he had already done prior in the Arctic and he was very well liked by the British public. Also he was a I think a Crimean War veteran. And I think a Napoleonic War veteran too. So, you know, British hero, hopefully going to find the, a new trade route and lead to greater British uh, economic prosperity. Yeah, and going back to what he was talking about for the prior choices, even though they weren't chosen to be captains of the expedition, the, the past two, the Irishman, and I believe his name was James Fitzjames, a funny name, um, they were still on board in the expedition. Um, I believe James Fitzjames was um, his right hand man. Or, I, I believe that was the Irishman was his second in command. There it is, one of them. And James Fitzjames was the uh, captain of the HMS Erebus. Yeah. And speaking of the uh, uh, speaking of the Erebus, Erebus. The two ships that uh, made the expedition were the HMS Arubis and the HMS Terror. Both ships had prior experience with um, Arctic Expedition, as well as both being military ships, one of which I believe it was the Terror was used during uh, the battle in which um, Francis Scott Key wrote the Star-Spangled Banner exactly. during the War of 1812. It was very interesting. Yep, that's a piece of U.S. history. Now these two crew, or these two ships, however, or not however, these two ships had a crew of 124 people. They had a monkey that was given to them as a gift. Uh, they had a dog, a cat, and they had some cattle on board because you know at this time you know you're not having any refrigerators. You're not going to be able to, you know, f- be able to have you know your meat and all that kind of stuff uh, fresh for you. So you got to just you know take them with you. And along with that, they also had a number of canned goods, which we will later talk about and circle back to. It might have played a role into the mystery. Um, 
But while they were while they set sail for Canada, uh, five of the crewmate crewmates uh, got sick and were dropped off at Greenland. And they are to this day the only five known survivors of the Franklin expedition. Very lucky. Yep. Um, so by the time by the by the the, the Franklin expedition made their way to Canada and they were last seen by, I believe, a whaling ship off the coast of northern Canada. Now, once they were there, I believe they had they had sailed a l- not too far into the archipelago and were able to smooth sailing from there. But once winter happened, like um, like you were talking about before, uh, the ice, the sh- there was a sheet of, sheath of ice that eventually got them, what it was believed to get them stuck in, the, up in Canada. Um, eventually, no one had heard back from the Franklin expedition and the British government, as long, along with um, Franklin's wife, who wrote and wrote many articles and called for uh, the main media in Britain to talk about this. And he, she even got Charles Dickens from one of her, I, I believe, were they friends? They were, they were friends. Um, she, she enlisted him to write, like, books about the expedition to gain more attention for the people who were lost at sea. So, And once everyone got note of that, and everyone wanted to know where this expedition had, you know, what happened to them. So the British government set out, and they sent multiple ships out to find it, find the expedition, found none. They offered a $20,000 uh, what would you call it? Reward for anyone who would find it, and that is equivalent to, I believe, two million dollars nowadays. It's a yeah. lot of money. Whoever would have found that expedition would have been probably one of the richest people alive today. <laughs> um, but um, what was eventually found of the expedition was three graves that were found on Beachy Island. Beachy Island, and the three graves again. We will talk about this later. It does it plays a role into what may have happened to the expedition? were all found dead, uh, buried in a grave with, I believe, gravestones. So this led some of them to believe that the expedition crew might still be alive and might still be somewhere in northern Canada. They The gravestones even had like markings to whenever they would die. So all three of them died in 1845 to early 1846, which meant that they died in the early months of the expedition, which sounds like a bad thing. But like he said... Um, since they were even burying their dead, it was a good sign that they were still alive because they were able to do that instead of just dumping them. And and like we said earlier, many of these many uh, ships were sent out to find the Franklin Expedition, find the HMS Arubis and the HMS Terror. Um, one such ship was the HMS uh, Resolute, which was later uh, recovered by the Americans in northern Canada and was sent back to the British. And the British made a series of desks. One of those desks is the Resolute Desk, which is found in the Oval Office. It was gifted by the British government to, I believe, Rutherford B. Hayes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just, it really shows how, uh, not important, but sort of influential this whole expedition was. I mean, before I had ever heard of this Franklin expedition, I, I thought it was just a one-off thing that had no sort of connection to any other thing. I don't know about you. Yeah, I had no idea. Very interesting, very interesting. But um, for the most part, that's all we really know about the lives and the the whole expedition in general. 
Um, we eventually found, I believe, we're not too sure. We don't know if it was if it was a group of Inuits that led um, some British to uh, what was the island? King King William's Island, where on the I believe it was the east side. I think they I think they were eventually they were found or they were thought to have crashed on the west side. They found bodies on the east side. And King Williams Island is known for, you are able to see the Simpson Strait, which is the strait that if the Franklin expedition was successful, would have led to the British finding out, finding a quicker way to Asia uh, prior to, I think, I don't, I don't remember exactly when they found out the Simpson Strait led to Asia, but it was, they would have, it would have led to, I think it would have changed, I think, world history. Yeah, it would have, it, which is very interesting because the the Franklin expedition is in turn what discovered that because if the ships wouldn't have been sent to like search for the party, they wouldn't have discovered that strait. So, in a way, like they they did succeed in a, in a way because um, they were like a vital part in discovering that straight because it led to them. If they would have made one right turn instead of a left, they would have been there. But sadly they did not do that. They would have been they would have come home as heroes as they as they thought they would have. I think I think some people compare it to, I think, kind of what America's perception of the space race was, and that these people were like astronauts. Uh, this is from this isn't my idea. This is from uh, some of the research that we've done. They've they they almost compare the the two the two ships as rocket ships and the Franklin expedition captain and crew is almost being, um, you know Neil Armstrong comparable to Neil Armstrong their day or Buzz Aldrin or anyone like that, but um, that really leaves it all for the uh, background of the expedition. I will pass it on now to talk about the the mysteries of the Franklin expedition. So there are um, a couple mysteries over how all these men met their demise. Um, the most common one that goes kind of hand in hand with any Arctic mystery is that the men died of hypothermia and pneumonia. Um, during those uh, search ex- expeditions we talked about, some teams found three gravestones, the three gravestones we talked about outside of Beachy Island. Um, when they dug up the grave, they discovered that the bodies were almost in like pristine condition. They, they still had like their teeth, they still had like their skin even. And um, they performed autopsies on all these bodies, and the autopsy showed that the men probably died of pneumonia that was brought on by tuberculosis. Um, they also noted that there was high lead counts in each of the men, but we'll get to what caused that. What may have caused that in just a minute. Um, another theory that um, goes hand in hand is that the men died. The crew died of starvation, which um, eventually led a lot of them to cannibalism. Sadly. Um, there's a new bone analysis that um, was conducted on 35 bones that were found at King Williams. And it found that, in fact, they did eat, and eat each other. The bones were uh, broken in half. They were heated on a fire. And then that was to further extract bone marrow um, to eat the bone marrow because they'd already eaten the, the soft flesh parts. There are also known knife marks on some of the bones that were found which also clues us into the fact that they were cutting up the bones. Um, but what is even stranger about this is that whenever they discovered the wreckage, they saw that they had abandoned a surplus of the food that they had. 
But that begs one question, like, why did they do that? Why did they leave all the food behind? Do you remember those cans of food that were prepared in advance? Um, it was later found out that the British government hired the lowest bidder to produce 8,000 cans of food for the expedition. Those cans were sealed using molten lead and further analysis of the cans showed that there was hardened lead on the inside of the can that contaminated the food. Not only that, but all the cans showed signs of erosion and improper sealing because it was the 1840s, 1850s. There wasn't a very concrete way to seal food um, in like a safe manner. It was just like starting out. Later toxicology reports also showed that at least one person died strictly from lead poisoning. You saw that um, the lead count was higher in those three graves, but the cause of death was ruled as pneumonia. So the final theory that we're going to be looking at is, is fairly recent, and it was brought forth by a Canadian dentist named Russell Takeman. Um, he proposed that the crew suffered from what is known today as Addison's disease. Addison's disease is a rare disorder that is caused when the body's arginal glands don't produce enough cortisol. And cortisol is the hormone used to regulate your body's stress and also like your metabolism and like how your body stores and uses fat. Um, he came to this conclusion based off of like Inuit reports and accounts of seeing the crew dragging like some lifeboats from one of the ships to the other. They, they described the men as being very tall, very thin with dry hardened mouths and they were, the mouths were black. And those are the most common symptoms of Addison's disease. Tapin states that a common cause for Addison's disease is tuberculosis. And if you remember, those three men that were buried at Beachy's Island also were killed because, or by tuberculosis. So it's not insane, it's not crazy to believe that tuberculosis was running rampant through the crew because it was very close quarters, very cold environment. Um, yeah, so Addison's disease is very, it's a very rare disorder but it is treatable through steroids that haven't been that weren't discovered at the time. So if not treated, it is very fatal. So that is that is another theory of what could have happened. I mean, yeah, I mean those are some very interesting theories. I think that black part you said about the mouth, I think, you know, if I if, if someone came up to me and said they saw a bunch of people in the middle of the Arctic with black mouths, I would have thought, oh, okay, maybe they've got frostbite. Mm -hmm. they, people people believe that it was scurvy because they had no sources of vitamin C because the food is rancid. But and even um, if they ate the food, I think they would have gotten scurvy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, so what do you, what do you think happened? Um, honestly, I think it's probably a, a culmination of everything that you talked about. I think definitely, I think there was definitely something, something about that food having led, I think, pro I think probably that was the, the catalyst for it. The tipping point. I, 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 I agree with you. I think that mixed with the crew that also died of pneumonia. I mean, could that have been passed on to anyone else on board? I mean, they did have animals. I don't know. I mean, there was a monkey on board. What kind of diseases could that monkey have had? I don't, I, I haven't read anything that's talked about that, but that's still something that is, that, that is something that could have happened. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with, with Andrew. Um, I don't know if it's just one thing that happened. It is definitely 
more more combination like a culmination of all four or even like more than that um like all of the theories like put together where some of them died because of pneumonia some of them got scurvy addison's disease um and some of them just died and an interesting thing is almost almost everything that you've sort of talked about almost leads into each other Mm -hmm. yeah so I think that definitely gives some credence to the idea that it was probably a mixture of all these. Yeah, that's definitely probably what happened. Yeah. Um, I think some interesting things to note, though, about the whole expedition is that it is believed by some Inuits that one of the captains, I don't remember exactly which one it was, uh, might have made a trek of 600 miles, 12 years worth of walking, to eventually, uh, I, I think they just said that he might have just died after 12 years of walking nonstop from the determination of that man to walk 12 years. I think it was two of them, actually. Two. Yes. Yes. The determination of them to walk 12 years. I, I could never. I really I could not imagine that. Could not. But um, it just it just shows how determined these people were to to find a way to get to Asia or to just survive. Most That's just it's. Mankind is crazy what what you can do under stressful situations. Another inter- interesting sort of factoid is that um, the letter, every ship, I believe, in the British Navy, and I, I think any ship, just period, I think if you're a merchant ship or, or, ship or whatever, you are given a, 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 a piece of paper that you are to, to write out the name of your ship, your longitude, your latitude, um, while you're writing all these different things, and it's written in a bunch of different languages, the one that was on the, on the, I believe it was the HMS Terror, you know, was written in, you know, the languages of the of the seafaring people. The journal was written in German, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, I believe uh, Dutch, Norwegian, Danish, all those kind of languages. But what what is what is of note is that it was found that it was believed that. Franklin himself, um, Captain John Franklin, wrote, I believe, was it to his wife or was it just? I've, we're not too sure on exactly whether or not it was to his wife or to anyone who defined that to, to, to reach for help. But what is of note is that there is a, on the margins, there is a second note written by um, the Irishman who was the second in command of the HMS Terror who wrote that um, Franklin had actually, oh, and, and the, the article, what Franklin wrote was written in, I believe, 19... 1846. Oh, 1846, yeah. It was written in 1846. And in 1847, um, the Irishman added to the margins of the paper very bad news. He continued that... Um, a year later, Sir John Franklin died in 1847, and nine others, nine other officers and 15 men had passed since the first note was written. So it was only going downhill from after they sent that first letter, or dropped the first letter. So. It's definitely a mystery that I don't think that we're necessarily going to get that, you know, nice satisfactory answer for ever I really think yeah not really going to be a boat for that one a nice little boat to tie it all up um hopefully there is because there's a lot of men that just 
don't have an ending. Or a hundred people, we have no clue what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been the Franklin Expedition Mystery. I am Andrew Mavis. And I'm Jared Johnson. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.